All right, are you ready for the Word? Amen, there's a pulpit. Thank you, Ashley. And uh, give it up for Ash. Band, you may go. You've been great, but that's enough. All right. Everybody say, take hold. Take hold. I wanna read you a Scripture from Philippians 3, 1 to 14. And on the idea of drawing near to God, there are things that we wait for, but then there are things that God calls us to take a hold of. And sometimes I think we're waiting for things that God has already given. Sometimes I think we are looking for God to show up and do something that actually He's already done. Like a a Christmas present under a tree, it's already there, you just have to take it. Everyone say, take it. You just gotta take it. And so sometimes with God, there's things that we need to take hold of. We're gonna read from the book of Philippians chapter three, one to 14, I'm gonna read the chunk. This is the Apostle Paul. Paul is like an apostle, he writes letters to all these churches. He was back in the day, a boss dog. And he would, he would write all these letters and visit all these churches. And the Apostle Paul is writing to the people of Philippi. He's writing a letter to the Philippians. And he is encouraging them to stand firm and to take hold. There's been a lot of pressure on the church. There's been a lot of uh, confusion. And in the day, they didn't have the Bible. Isn't that good? We have the physical Bible. Well, these guys at this time were the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like they are in the Bible. So they didn't have a Bible like we have a Bible because they were actually being the Bible as we know it today. So it's all good and well to say, read your Bible. But in Philippi at this time, you couldn't read your Bible because what you were living was gonna be in the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Paul is trying to help these new Christians because in this place, there, was, there wasn't many Jews. There wasn't a synagogue. It was a Roman dominated city. It was all Roman traditions, Roman people. And they, they were trying to work it out. They didn't know everything. They were just trying to work it out. And here comes Paul with a letter to help them take hold of that which Christ took hold of them. So turn to Philippians chapter 3. 1 to 14. If you've got your Bible, turn there. If you don't, we're going to have it on the big screen in just a moment. But uh, turn there now. You can use your digital device, whatever you got. Here we go. Philippians chapter 3, 1 to 14. It says this. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs. <laughs> Wow, Paul, settle down. Those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Wow, for it is we who are of the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. They just love Paul's humility here today. He just gets up and tells them all, I am regarding religion faultless. Anybody faultless here today? 
Good, because if you are, you may leave. Because this place is not a place for the faultless. This is a place where you can be imperfect and not have it all together, but still find home because Jesus came from heaven to earth and into the middle of our mess. Paul says, hey, these are the jokers. I'm faultless, but, everyone say but. Say it with a big but. There you go. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything, (laughs) everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith. Everyone say faith. In Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Here we go, tune into this. Not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Come on, isn't that good scripture? We could just go home right now. And that was the worst clap I've ever heard. If you're gonna clap in C3 Silverwood location, clap like you mean it. (laughs) You ever got a gift voucher? Anybody, you ever got a gift voucher? Who likes gift vouchers? I like gift vouchers because, you know, it gives me the freedom to choose what I'm going to buy. I like if you buy me a gift, as long as it's a gift that I wanted. If it's not a gift that I wanted, I don't like that you bought me the gift. Get me a voucher. Okay. And so, so the voucher is a great thing. The voucher is a blessing. I'm thankful for vouchers. In fact, I just buy a lot of people vouchers because I don't know what to give them. So I just think the shop will vouch for me and give me a voucher and I'll buy you. So you buy yourself and God bless you. I like vouchers. The problem with a voucher is if you don't take the voucher and use it, You miss the value of the voucher. I'm a genius, right? If if you don't take what was given and spend it, I mean, if I buy you a voucher, I preloaded money on the voucher so that you don't have to. So now that there's already dollars in the bank of this voucher, all you got to do is take it and spend it. Come on, who's good at spending money here today? Amen, amen. Who likes shoes? Me too. And so you you got to take take what God has given and the gift that is Jesus has already been given. 
You're not waiting on Jesus. He's already come, being rose again, seated on the right hand of the Father. He has already done what you need. All you gotta do is take hold. Everybody say, take hold. Take hold. Paul is saying, take hold. Come on, people, stop talking about it. He's saying to the Philippians, don't think, just take it. Take it. Sometimes you're waiting for things you need to take. I got this watch for Christmas. It's a beautiful watch. It's so nice. It's the horse, whatever. Nay, okay, yeah. And so, got this horse, this watch. The guy who gave it to me, I do not ring him up daily and say, hey, bro, um, you know that watch you bought me? Was just wondering, can I wear it? It would go really well with my outfit today. I was just wondering, is it okay if I wear the watch that you bought me? The reason I don't do that is because if I did do that, I would be, how do you say, an idiot. <laughs> he bought it for me. He gave it to me. What does He want me to do with it? Wear the thing. You've been clothed in favour and peace and love and joy. Put it on. Put it on. He already gave it. Put it on. Wake up and put it on. Stop begging God and put on what He gave you. He's already given it. And Paul's saying, God's already given you what you need. So take hold of that which Christ took hold of you that you could have it. Problem with taking hold of something is it means you gotta let go of something else. To really be able to take hold of one thing, I have to let go of another. To have free hands to grasp what is better and best for my life, I need to let go of what is not good or even what is not best. Let go, Paul says it like this, forgetting what is behind. Have you ever driven forwards looking backwards? I don't recommend it. You know why the rear view mirror is small in comparison to the front window? Because the rear view mirror was not designed to dominate your attention. It is made for a checkpoint. Oh yeah, there, there's that on my left, that on my right. Yep, I can indicate, I can move. You check it. But if you look at the rear view mirror the whole time you're driving, you're gonna crash. The reason the front window is bigger than the rear view mirror is because the front window is what is meant to be what you are looking at most. Your life is designed to move forward. Your focus and your vision is designed to look forward. And some of us are living life, moving forward, but looking in the rear view mirror. If only I hadn't done that. Man, I wish I didn't say that. Man, I wish that didn't happen to me. Man, I'm so sick of these things. Oh, that's never gonna change. 2019, yeah, it's just gonna be the same in 2020. And we're looking at the rear view mirror when there's a huge window full of opportunity. God is saying, look forward. Forget what is behind. Who has a good memory? You have a good memory here today? 
it's all right, you can boast, it's fine. Yeah, we're all friends, we're all family, it's fine. Yeah, up the back, someone's like, yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I have an amazing memory. <laughs> and we'll, we'll play a game of memory later and we'll check it. And so you, you have a good memory, but, but a lot of us, Pastor Phil says this all the time, he says a lot of us have a good memory, but need a better forgettery. Forgetting the things I need to remember and remembering the things I need to forget. What do you need to forget this year? Stop looking at what is behind. Let go. Everybody say this, say let go. Let go. It's time to let go so you can take hold. Let go of what you know. So you can take hold. You can be in the middle of everything you need, but because you're holding on to something old, you miss the new thing that God has for you. I read this story about a guy. He went on a cruise. Anyone been on a cruise? This guy, he goes on a cruise and he's on the cruise and he gets to the cruise. He's bought his ticket. He's on the cruise. He's having a great time. But at mealtimes, breakfast, lunch and dinner, rather than going and eating at the restaurant, he would go and eat by himself with his own packed lunch that he brought from home. And this would happen every day, seven day cruise. Day one, day two, day three. And everyone would be like, what is wrong with this jerker? You know? And he would be over there eating his food by himself. Everyone's at the restaurant having a great time. Woo! And he's over there. He's like, yay. <laughs> Peanut butter jelly sandwich again. At the end of the cruise, the captain comes up and says, son, I've noticed every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, everybody else is eating at the restaurants but you. Why? Kid says, well, I'd love to eat at the restaurant. The problem is, I can't afford to. I could only afford to buy the ticket. I can't afford to pay for all these restaurants and lunches and breakfasts and drinks and hanging out and food and snacks and cheer. I can't afford that. Captain looked at this young man with loving but disappointed eyes and said, son, all meals are included in the ticket. You'd already got it. You just had to go and get it. And could it be that we're holding on to our packed lunch (laughs) when God has got you restaurants, God has got you a buffet. Come on, I love a good buffet. God has got you Sizzler on steroids. God has got you Pizza Hut, let's go. God has got you everything you need, but because you're holding on to your little lunch, your little thing here, you're missing what God has already paid to give you. It's all inclusive. Peace is all inclusive. Grace is all inclusive. Love is all inclusive. Freedom is all inclusive. Let go and take hold. Come on, that's a good word for you today. Let go of what's behind. Let's take hold 
So how do I take hold? What, what does it look like to take hold? I get it, Pastor Alex. Yeah, we get it, we get it. Let go. One of the problems with letting go is sometimes you have to let go of a good thing to have a better thing. There can be good things, but for you to have the God thing, the better thing for your life, it means letting go of some things that aren't necessarily bad, but they're just not as good as what God's got. It's called pruning. John 15, 1-2 says, I am the true vine and my Father is the garden. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Why does God call us to let go of some things, even good things? It's so that we can be more fruitful because there's some things that you can't take with you in this next chapter of your life. So you've actually got to let them go. This is going to help you with your schedule. It's going to help you with your calendar. It's going to help you with your relationships. It's going to help you with what you give your brain time to. Instagram, Netflix, pruning. Maybe in 2020, we could do a little bit of pruning. Not that those things are wrong or evil or bad, but they're just not as good as what you could have if you let them go. And so I need to embrace some pruning in 2020, letting go so I can take hold. Limiting some things that I'm doing so can I have something better. Paul tells the guys, take hold of that. What is that? He says, but I press on to take hold of that. Whatever God has given, that's that. If God hasn't given it, you don't want it. If it's not from God, you don't want it. But whatever God has given, that's that. That's what Christ has taken hold of you that you could have that. If it's not from God, if you are trying to control things that God hasn't given you control of, stop it. (laughs) If you are trying to do and meddle with things that God hasn't given you the authority to meddle with, don't worry. If He didn't give you authority and responsibility for it, it's not yours to carry. Stop it. While you are trying to take control of something He didn't give you control of, you are being negligent of the thing that He did. And so therefore, being irresponsible for what God has given me because I'm trying to control something that God didn't give. Secondly, God didn't give it, you don't want it. If God says no, trust me, go with His no. Have you heard of Adam and Eve? You know, in Genesis, the beginning, and it's beautiful, and there's a beautiful garden, and there's Adam, and along comes Eve, and then comes a serpent. Says, hey, have this apple that God said you couldn't. And they did. Trust me, if God didn't give it to you, you don't want it. 
What they thought they wanted, they didn't want. It meant separation between man and God. It meant they lost what God had given. If, if God hasn't given it to you, you don't want it, steer clear of it. If God hasn't given you that relationship, you don't want it. If God hasn't given you that position, you don't want it. What has God given you? And whatever it is, take a hold of that. Everyone say that. Take a hold of that. As I close, one of the reasons I think we sometimes don't is indecision. We can't decide. I remember one time I was taking a penalty kick in soccer. I love soccer. Anybody like soccer? You. Yeah. <laughs> I was taking a penalty kick and I walked up to the ball. Penalty kick means it's one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. You versus the keeper, just me and him. And I run up to the ball and as I'm running up to the ball, I decide in my mind I'm gonna kick it left. But mid-run up to the ball, I decide, no, he knows I'm gonna kick it left. I better kick it right. And then as I'm getting closer to the ball mid-run, I decide, no, now he knows that I'm gonna kick it right because I looked right. I've gotta kick it left. Do you know where I kicked it? Straight down the middle into his loving hands. <laughs> Worse than the wrong decision is indecision. I'll say that again. Worse than the wrong decision is indecision. If you've got a car and you keep it in the garage and it never goes anywhere, God can't steer it. But if you're moving in life, God can steer you. That's why you need to take next steps with God. God can't steer a stagnant ship, but if you're moving, He can steer you even when you make the wrong decision. Worse then the wrong decision is indecision. Keep it moving, keep it moving. Keep your word life moving. Yeah, you missed reading the Bible the other day. Don't worry, pick it back up and try again today. Yeah, you didn't read the whole Bible in a year, big whoop, but read, read the one verse today. Keep it moving. Yeah, keep it moving. You're only praying five minutes a day. That's awesome. Keep it moving. Get water baptised, get connected, start serving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving and God will steer you in the right direction. Come on, this year in 2020, take hold of that which Christ Jesus has taken hold of you. And if, I'm, if I think about it, the, the real thing at the end of the day, the greatest thing you could take hold of is not a thing. It's actually Jesus. John 3.16, you might know, you might not. For God so loved the world that He gave perfect circumstances to everybody who believes in Him. Sorry, that's, that's heresy. It's wrong. For God so loved the world that He came and solved everybody's problems. For God so loved the world that He came and gave you advice about every single decision you make. No. For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus. He didn't send you answers. He sent you the answer. So that every question I have is answered through this one man.
Every hurt and heartache is solved through this one man. Every sin and disease is quenched, beaten, overcome through this one man. Will you take hold of Him today? Because He took hold of you so that you could bow your heads, close your eyes. If you could, thank you. This is just a moment between you and God. Take a hold of Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And He stands. He knocks. And He waits. It's all about Jesus. Do you know Him? That's what matters most in this life. Not what you have, not what you don't have. Do you know Jesus? My beautiful grandma went to be with the Lord yesterday, 94 years old. And as I saw her, I was so reminded that when it's all said and done, all that matters is do you know Jesus? The summary of her life, and I pray your life, it's not your car, it's not your house, it's not your job, it's not your bank account. It's have you taken hold of Jesus?